0: Your questions answered. This is the Ask the Expert podcast hosted by Primary Languages Network. This is the Primary Languages Network podcast. I'm Emily Woodroff, one of the directors at Primary Languages Network, and I'm delighted to host the first edition of our Ask the Expert series of podcasts. And I'm joined today by my two colleagues and experts for today's conversation. Kate Percival and Catherine Sims. So, would you like to introduce yourselves first? Kate, do you want to start please? Yeah, hi everybody. I'm Kate Percival.
1: I am teaching, coordinating and uh, delivering CPD for primary languages at the moment. So, that keeps me busy over a couple of schools and for Primary Languages Network on the CPD journey. So, supporting um, coordinators either on a one-to-one basis or, or running twilights and full-day sessions as oh, well. Very busy. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, great.
0: What yeah. about
2: you, Catherine? Um, and my name's Catherine Sims, and I am the network manager at Primary Languages Network. I uh, support coordinators. I'm the one that sends you your newsletter every week mm. if you to our members, and I run the Primary Languages Development Award. And just a point of contact for um, for our members and development of the scheme as well. So very busy.
0: Brilliant. Lovely. All right, well, let's get started. Okay. Okay, great. So shall we start with question one? So these questions... I've been asked by the the language teaching communities. We put some posts out on Facebook and Twitter. So we've picked out some questions and we are answering them today. So question one is for you, Kate. Mm -hmm. So how long do you think lessons in Key Stage 2 should last? And do you think in the future schools might deliver MFL for longer?
1: Right, okay. So we're not told by the Department for Education how long lessons should last. Mm -hmm. It's not prescriptive. However, the Ripple white paper, so if you don't know, Ripple is research into primary languages. It's a brilliant website and uh, they produce a white paper every so often. And their advice is that it's an hour per week. Mm -hmm. Our experience is that we see a range of different provisions and that can can be from 30 minutes to 60 minutes in general per week. Some schools will do um, an hour every other week what we would say is it's possibly more beneficial to have a shorter session but more often Mm -hmm. and to be able to um i think the frequency of lessons is more important than than maybe the length of them Mm -hmm. because you need to be um keeping up that revisiting of language to embed it i think to aid with that retention so as a primary teacher we know that our timetable is very very crowded indeed and of course we as language teachers we'd love more time (laughs) that's that's a good question do we think in the future we'd love to oh we'd love it um i can't see it happening Mm. unfortunately Mm. but what i think we do have to do in the situation that we're in is work smarter not necessarily harder we need to be thinking of where in the timetable where during the week we can um maximize Mm. that language um exposure yeah. so it might be transition times throughout the day it could be the registration time a warm-up in pe it could just be as the children are lining up to go out to playtime, or as they're coming back in and just drip feeding that that idea of, of language uh, little and often which as we know it's widely recognized that's that's often better mm. um just to do small amounts but on a regular basis yeah
0: school are do that really really well you there know are. like taking the register and yeah. And the dinners and all of that and building in a little bit of language throughout the day. And that's quite impactful, I think. It is. And I think when
1: it's built into the culture of the school, it just becomes second nature and Mm -hmm. it's normalized. And that's ideally where we want schools to be heading.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Sounds great. Yeah. Okay, right. Let's move on to question two. And this one is for you, Catherine. So all about our scheme of work here. So the question is, are you planning to add Latin to your schemes? Oh wow, that's a good question, isn't it? Um,
2: Okay, so Latin, uh, it is um, an accepted language um, to to be studied at Key Stage 2 and I know there are schemes out there like Minimus um, is is out there to to study Latin. It isn't on our agenda at the moment, uh, but we are always open to uh, suggestions. We do listen to our members and then act on what they say and we're always developing and it is a live scheme so we it doesn't stand still we're always making developments to that and we listen to our members to inform us of that as well uh so although latin isn't on the agenda at the moment we have done a lot of recent developments um such as the key stage one scheme Mm -hmm. is a big one that we're working on at the moment and we're really using um, research and um, information from uh, Key Stage 1 teachers to inform Absolutely. our scheme and to make sure that it's the best that it can be uh, for those younger learners. So the Key Stage 1 is a really exciting mm. uh, development We also have our CPD journey because, as we know, um, the teaching side of things is one element, Mm -hmm. but we also need that strong leadership of the subject. And that's where our CPD journey comes in. And we uh, support coordinators, we train teachers, we upskill, and we have uh, the WhatsApp forum that just supports Mm -hmm. a huge community of language teachers and language leaders as well and we're always adding to the cpd journey so kate's developing leadership mm. that's a new session is a full day session that we that's now nice, yeah. offer um i've done my effective coordination session for a long time but introduced the outstanding coordination now for those uh, leaders that are wanting to push themselves a bit further and also we've got mine and will session yep. coming up in summer two uh, which is our ready for september um twilight where we'll help teachers to get set up and leaders to feel prepared mm. for that new academic year um and we've got joanne busy as well haven't wow. we yes because uh, she's doing um the, the songs for us so we're trying to now implement a song into each half term and stage we're building it up gradually but we've got a few in there already and mm. we've got a new one on the way uh mm. for summer too as well Exciting. so watch this space um yeah so
0: wow. we are yeah we, we move yeah, we, don't yeah, we? Definitely, yeah yeah so yeah the, the short answer is no latin for now but mm. so much uh so so many other things coming um and uh, yeah really important for us to develop as well the, the leadership aspect of Um, You know, being a subject leader as well as having good uh, resources for non-specialist teachers. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much, Catherine. Okay. Can we ask you a question, Emily? Okay. Another another one that's come through, which is Mm -hmm. really interesting,
1: actually. When it comes to Year 6 French, what is it that Year 7 teachers want children to go into high school with a secure knowledge of? So if you think about maths, times tables, Mm -hmm. place value, those are things that really need to be automated, aren't they, before they get to Year 7?
0: What does it look like for French? Wow. Okay. Right. So this was French. This question was about French, but I think it mm. applies to other uh, languages you might be teaching. Yeah, in like yeah. primary schools. Uh, so I love this question. Uh, it's all about transition, isn't it? Mm. Um, so. Um, to prepare for, for answering this question, actually, I did ask my colleagues because we are experts as well in the team uh, who are secondary experts as well as teaching uh, in primary schools. Some of our colleagues uh, teach also in secondary schools, so they have a uh, fit in both worlds, if you like. So I did put the question to them and I've had uh, a lot of ideas and I um, just want to start off by saying that transition really is the area that I'd like in you know in the next few years uh, to see more joined and thinking mm, between definitely. primary and secondary, because when that's been when when that will be, you know um, you know cr- cracked really, and yeah. I think it will unlock a lot of uh, of possibilities. Mm-hmm. But the, the the consensus was language learning skills. So our um, year seven teachers in the team are telling me. They'd rather have a, a room full of children who are um, confident with language learning skills. So we're talking about understanding of cognates and near cognates. Uh, knowing about memory technique. So understanding that memory needs to be trained. It's a muscle and you know, there's a way to practice that, revisiting things all the time. Mentioning about dictionary skills as well, you know, uh, using a bilingual dictionary for the first time. It takes some training. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you use it? Where do you research the word and, and, and all of these. Um, also around things around grammar. So an understanding that nouns can fall into different groups. So for French, it'd be feminine and masculine. That applies to other languages as well. Even though if they're not really understanding this concept of feminine and masculine, having this understanding that nouns can belong to different groups. In the same kind of idea is adjectival agreement. So, in French, for example, is maybe being aware that if I see blanc and then blanche, it's the same concept, same idea, it's the color, and recognizing that, even though I might not really fully understand how to do the, the, the adjectival agreement. And then there was a, a lot of um, ideas around primary should offer lots of opportunities to practice speaking skills. And to teach about phonics and pronunciation so when children are a little bit older a bit more self-conscious they not you know they're not finding it you know a little bit strange to making these sounds um so that's another big thing um then we can go into developing a positive attitude to me primary is the perfect opportunity to you know instill the love of uh, learning languages curiosity, uh, all of these things, again, that when you're older, you might sort of question it a little bit more, but when you're little, you know, you just want to find out about the culture and the festival and the customs, etc. much more open to uh, learning about these things. And then another thing, I mean, there's so much, but yes, another, another thing was confidence as well. So... That's really important that knowing that um, when you are going to be learning to speak, you're going to be making mistakes and that's part of the journey. Mm -hmm. And so feeling confident that it's okay to make mistakes and feeling confident that you don't have to know it all before you can start speaking and through speaking, through practicing, and that's how you're going to improve. So I could go on and on and on, but these are really focusing on this sort of language learning skill, the soft skills. Um, There's no list. In the program of study that yeah. says children should know yeah. this that and that yeah. so um, let's leave that to secondary I think mm-hmm. and really I think what we can do to prepare children uh, to go into you know further studies and maybe lifelong learning mm-hmm. Well, it's to work on skills and attitude and all of these things. Because they're all the transferable skills, aren't they? So it doesn't matter yeah.
1: what language they move on to study, they can take all those skills with them and apply it to any other language. It's yeah, absolutely... and then maybe
2: multiple languages as well. Like yeah. It opens those doors, doesn't it? And and also, it's a great way of celebrating diversity, isn't mm-hmm. it? And mm-hmm. being aware that there are differences in the world and that that's absolutely fine and we should think positively absolutely. about it. So yeah, it's good. Just as global citizens, yeah, you know, which absolutely. Is
0: our aim. Yeah, I, I think inclusion is definitely something we we really care about, you know, mm-hmm. and they chose Definitely. in our resources. Um, in, in our scheme, actually, we have the uh, language detective uh, award. So at the end of each lesson, there's an opportunity to award a child with a certificate to recognize those language learning skills. So it's not about, you know, who's managed to say that brilliant sentence or whatever, it's, it's who's managed to have a go at speaking confidently, who's displayed um, attentive listening. Um, Who's had a go? Who's made a mistake and had another go? Mm. All of this. So we have, at the end of each lesson, we award a certificate. It's really, really popular in our schools. Mm. And I've heard about this being really something that helps, you know, making languages a really inclusive language. Mm. uh, Sorry, a a really inclusive subject. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that that was our last
2: question right. today. Yeah. yeah, last question for today. Um I think uh, we we're, we're hoping that you'll now get in touch and send in some more questions. So as soon as we have uh, enough so we'll probably say three. Uh, then we'll record the second in our mm. series of Ask the Expert. So please get in touch on social media. If you are a, a PLN member, you can go onto the forum or you can just email us your questions. And we will be delighted to hear from you and then to answer them. So thank you very, very much, okay, thank for, you very much for listening. Yes. And we look forward to getting your other questions on mm-hmm. our Ask the Experts podcast series.
0: Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Your questions answered. This is the Ask the Expert podcast hosted by Primary Languages Network.